Today, Zach is uh, currently day of recording, has just landed in Portland, uh, has gotten to his parents' house and was told that they need to evacuate from the fire, which oh my he might be exaggerating. I don't know what his current condition is, but uh, yeah, he is currently in the middle of Portland under, under this fire, uh, taking a little vacation slash business trip. Uh, and so, uh, since he is gone, we are going... Figure this would be a good time for us to recount something that we probably mention every few episodes. I would, I think we probably reference something from this every few episodes, and I think it would be beneficial for our listeners to know a little bit more about the story of the big dogs, not to be confused with the salty dogs. I should mention. Yes, two two very mm-hmm. different parties, very different dogs. Yeah, but completely dogs, unrelated. Nonetheless, but dogs uh, nonetheless, <laughs> dogs nonetheless. <laughs> but yeah, we, as some of you know, we played the Curse of the Crimson Throne campaign uh, that pa- uh, Pathfinder put out in, I believe, 2008. It was their second ever campaign, and we played it probably. And we beat it. We won. We, we beat it. Yeah. It took us about three years. Uh, we started it. Shoot, we started it in like 20. 2016, I think. And so great. at that time, they had actually released the anniversary edition. I don't know if it was the five or, or what um, anniversary, uh, but they put out this like where they put all the books into one book and add all this new art and new stuff and updated rules and everything. So we we got it and we uh, we had all played Pathfinder, but we had all gotten together and said, we're in college, but we have enough time to do this. We want to do it for real and play like a lot more frequently than we normally do. And so we started it. And we committed to it. Yeah. So, um, we made one of the great were you, parties. Were you pausing yeah. so we could jump in oh. and talk about? I was, but it's uh, fine. Uh, if you guys, uh, w- w- tell us about your characters <laughs> that you started with. And and we should note that the character that you started with ended the campaign. There were no characters, yes. PC mm-hmm. deaths. So no tell us PC about your deaths. characters in like a minute. Because yeah, we got okay, a lot of so, to cover. A minute. I'll, I'll go quickly. Um, so my character was Mordric the Red. He was a tiefling gunslinger, and I had chosen him before I found out that gunslingers are really OP, uh, right. which will which will play <laughs> into the story we're telling here. But he was a gunslinger later to become, become gun alchemist. Um, he was a tiefling who only had a father, um, but he never knew his mother um, or his true biological father. He was an orphan who was left on his father's doorstep. Um, and his father mysteriously disappears one day and gives him a gun as his kind of like parting gift. It's the last thing Mordred could find of him. Um, and so if you just imagine this like tiefling, he's like 5'8", kind of short. or not, That's not that short, but he's kind of like average height with like a, a black duster. Um, and his eyes glow red in the heat of battle. And he also talks with a southern <laughs> accent like this. His name is Mordred the Red. <laughs> and, and, and he had a musket, right? It was a oh, yes. was gun. When, yeah, when it started, when the, when the game started, he had a musket, yes, mm-hmm. a rifle. I, I always imagined it like Caitlyn from League of Legends, like clockwork musket. Yes. Not, not as snipery, <laughs> but like kind of like an old wooden. Yeah. yeah, yeah, old wooden beat up musket. All right, Silas, what was your character? 
Frixos Storm Swallow. Uh, Frixos was uh, an elf, an aquatic elf specifically, um, who uh, started his life on the streets of Corvosa, the, the city that the campaign took place in. Um, uh, he had no, uh, had kind of always been there, had no uh, recollection of, of how he was abandoned on the streets, uh, but he was. And um, uh, he, at some point uh, in his uh, teenage years, uh, was kind of well. I uh, see. He he was originally um, uh, there. There was this guy. Uh, what was his name? Chance the the guy who who took orphans and Lamb uh, Breachton. <laughs> Lamb and Breachton. No, his last name was Lamb. I gator. Yeah. He had a Gator. L- Ralph, Ralph Lamb or something like yeah. that. Yeah, man. Uh, and he he had a son who was also mm-hmm. like a necromancer. Raw. Rule. Yeah. Yeah. Roth Lamb. Roth Lamb. There you go. Yeah, Roth Lamb. Roth Lamb. He had a gator. He had a gator. Pet gator. He would uh, snatch kids up and and would enslave them or like other things like that or sell them. Uh, And and that's what happened to Frixos. He got sold. Or no, no. Well, he was specifically sold to the the family that was involved with them. What were they called? Oh, my God. I haven't thought about the names. The Gulags. No, it was like a Kosa family or something. The Orzov yeah, yeah, yeah. Guild. Um, they were uh, sorry. They were like crime lords, right? Uh, they were yeah. They were noble house, but they had a lot of dealings with like this crime mm-hmm. faction. Um, the, Cer- the Cerulean Guild. The Cerulean, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, uh, and, and they. Yeah. But what I remember uh, was they they had a lot of dealings in with like. It was like different like clubs or or things like that or I, I can't remember exactly what but it was um, legalized crime. They yeah. were as long as they didn't like hurt or like murder someone. Oh, yeah, yeah. You could basically buy like buy your way into this guild, and then if you got if you got caught stealing something, you had a way less harsh. Pun- it's, it's more like let's legalize petty theft and focus on like the hard stuff, kind of how people do with like drugs. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but Frixos, his class was was the spell thief, uh, which is like an anti mage. Uh, which is not of, a real you know, class. Like, uh, no, it was a third party class. Uh, it was really fun though. Uh, it just had its balance issues. Yeah. Um, uh, and um, uh, anyway, uh, but he was um, forced to because because of his ability to like absorb magic from other things uh, was kind of was 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 forced to learn how to use that and. Um, and use it for the sake of those people. Uh, at some point, uh, his like most defining physical trait, uh, he had had the point of of his right ear cut off. Um, the the man who who taught him all the magic things and and was who he was. I mean, I guess like physically closest to like he was around that person all the time. Uh, emotionally, not at all. Um, but uh, he Frixos couldn't get something right, and he got really mad at him and, and maimed him. Um, Anyway, Frixos eventually broke away from that, uh, got out, and um, uh, became a stowaway on uh, a, a halfling uh, trading ship. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they uh, sailed away and then found this, like, this elven kid uh, when they were out in the middle of the ocean. Uh, and uh, they took him in as one of their own. And that's where he learned how to... Um, uh, do yes, like sailing things and 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 he had a insane acrobatic stat uh it was really fun to just boost that as high as i could 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where like the start of that was the, the reason that was a part of his backstory that made me want to do that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, anyway, and, and then eventually he came back to Corvosa after, um, kind of learning how to, after, after learning how to be good, basically. Right. Like he was around like really positive influence for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, in the, in the halfling ship. Uh, and he came back to Corvosa and wanted to, and he was seeking to, uh, clean up the the cerulean guild and and uh all of the evil that they did to him and and to people like him right all right jackson uh my character was duris Stoutarm. he is a human fighter yeah our boy duris big boy duris um he what a man was uh like i geared him to be like a two-handed fighter um well uh, one sword and two hands a big sword you know what i mean um and uh he was born in corvosa and he is a classic big dumb fighter so (laughs) not smart and stat i believe yeah so like (laughs) seven or eight something like that um and he joined the police force equivalent in Corvosa the guard the guard uh well there's like you know like multiple and that's whole part of the story um but he ended up accidentally uh killing one of his own men who he thought was um not his man like he thought he was like getting the bad guy and Mm -hmm. ended up killing one of his own men who he was in charge of at the time and uh it threw him for a big loop, and then I think his family also died shortly after, mm-hmm. and that threw him for a big emotional loop. And he's just kind of, uh, he he left the force and he was just kind of drunk off trauma at the time. And he didn't, he kind of lost his sense of right and wrong. And then he met a couple of dogs and um, somewhere along the way decided to be a paladin. So, yeah. So they all know, for bread. You all yeah, met uh, because we, had, I think Ronnie Jackson and I had already played through the first part of book one together. Yeah, we did. Which with- is where, <laughs> yeah, we had another group with uh, uh, Hannah and Maggie were in that, yeah. and uh, it didn't work out, but it was fun. Uh, I do remember Maggie's character was a ninja, halfling ninja named Sneaky Egg. But. Sneaky egg, yeah, it's a great name. <laughs> but um, but anyways, you guys. So so we kind of I retconned it, and I had them just kind of like bump into each other, and I believe uh, Dusty, 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 this yeah. uh, dusty-haired boy, uh, I believe stole Mordric's gun, and you guys yes. chased him down, um, and you got the gun back. And then you caught him, and then in his pocket, it spilled out, and there was this, like, really bejeweled, like, expensive brooch. And they're like, hey, where'd you get that? And he's like, oh, I took it or whatever. And they're like, well, give that back to us. And so you took it, and then I think someone made a check and was like, oh, this is the queen's brooch. Or, yeah. This is, like, you know, royalty. And so he scampered off, and then at that moment, like, the, like, the world ended because there were, like, bells ringing and this whole big cinematic of, like, uh, the the marines of the police force uh, of the guard rode uh griffins 
and they were like one was like flying around and like got shot down and like crashed into like a bell tower and like it just there was like riots and everything and basically it's like the king is dead the king is dead the queen is now in charge and chaos then all this stuff you guys kind of all um took refuge in i believe like a tavern called the something unicorn which was really funny uh uh, uh it's like the prancing unicorn, but anyways, yeah, uh, and, 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 and the, the yeah, shop yeah, owner's yeah. name was Martini. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Martini, <laughs> Martini was a good one. We and, had, I think, I think for one of the first times, you kind of gave us a choice of our like home tavern. I feel yeah. like we had a couple options, and we ended up choosing yeah, the yeah, prancing like the unicorn, unicorn yeah. or something yeah. like that. Um, so, anyways, you guys went there, and and then uh, fast forward through everything, you guys met the queen. And gave her this brooch, and she's like, ah, yes, good heroes. And she's, like, all in black and kind of creepy. And it's like, yes, uh, go speak. My my guard needs more people because, like, you're, like, one of the good ones. Like, come and help. Like, this keep, keep law, law and order. Here. Yeah. So then you yeah. go to the guard, and then... You meet uh, Chrisita Croft, who is this, who is canonically black. Who is canonically yeah. black. Not like her drawing in the book. But... All in all, you guys become guards in the first book, and she has you kind of run also, and go do these missions to keep the peace. Also, I think her name is spelled with K's, not C's. It's always how I've written it. Oh, yeah. And it's how it is for my canon. So. Gotcha. Okay. History um, book of Duras. So, Krista Croft became like the big NPC quest giver, and you guys did like four or five kind of quests to kind of like help the town like get back to normalcy and everything it ended with one of your missions being to track down this girl and you went and got you found this like half elf no she's human this girl named trinia you captured her and then you returned oh, yeah. her and it's like oh she is and you find out like oh there's she's the killer pe pe people are saying she killed the king and you're like, well, let's like, in, like, let's investigate. And then yeah, it's like, no, 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 let's hear her out. the queen, the queen has already said off with her head. And so she's immediately taken to execution, which you guys all attend. And when you were attending, uh, there was a, uh, before they could like sentence her to die and kill her, this mysterious black figure, black Zorro Jack. hopped in and everyone was like, blackjack, blackjack, <laughs> who is this? Masked Vigilante, who is literally like Batman, but in Corvosa mm -hmm. in fantasy times. And he hasn't been seen for like a hundred years or something. But he's yeah, existed he's across multiple yeah. mm -hmm. generations yeah. of this. It's like Corvosa. There's always been Blackjack and nobody ever knows who he is. Yeah. But like the hero Blackjack has been around for hundreds of years. Yeah, yeah. For hundreds he's of the years. Living but myth. He hasn't been seen in maybe like 50 or something like mm -hmm. that. And so... It's like a big deal. He rescues the girl, runs off, and then, um, and yeah, the the book one ends with you guys meeting with the swords master that you have also befriended. He's like, hey, I'm friends with Blackjack. He's Who's a hero duels card, Vincarlo. Vincarlo is a hero duels card. Uh, uh, he's he, the card that Frizzigig won the tournament with. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Vincarlo Orsini, he has his own, he's an old man and he has his own like fencing um, studio where he teaches people how to fight. And then you guys escort her out of the city. That's the end of book one. And then book two starts with like, people starting to get sick. And um, um, people starting to get sick. 
and uh, basically there's a big giant epidemic that breaks out, a pandemic called blood veil, where people get like coughs and start getting these sores all over, which if you're obviously listening this far in, you know that that's tied to Aaron's backstory. And so Aaron was, his whole story happened in the middle of blood veil, where the city shut down, you guys are going on missions for the guard, trying to like figure things out. But the queen brings in these like doctors who have the, um, the plague the crow, masks. Yeah, the yeah. plague masks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plague and then they also masks. have, she in, induces these gray maidens who are an all female guard that's separate from the guard. And they don't have faces. So they just have gray masks with little eye holes. And, and she gives uh, those two groups pretty much power over yeah, more Everything, authority yeah. than the guard. Yeah. yeah. And so, so yeah, Cressida Croft's like, well, we don't really have much power anymore, but still, you know, I've lost most of my men, you know. And so you guys, um, basically you guys uncover this whole plot and you, I think you sneak into the plague house where they're taking all the sick people mm-hmm. and you find like a secret elevator and you go down and they're like straight up cultists. They um, find a or, vampire. Yeah, oh yeah, he found a vampire uh, who's literally like Nosferatu. <laughs> it was like a, it was a, it was yeah. a pretty exciting conversation. I think it could have ended up very bad in our yeah. favor, but yes. we kind of talked our way out of that one. It was pretty cool. Yeah. We did, and yeah, the, the, you found out all the doctors were cultists of Ergothoa, which is the uh, um, the goddess god. of disease. Decay. And yeah, you stop. I, I remember the boss fight of book two was really fun because you you kill the woman in charge of the cult, and you kill her. And then literally she come that she's risen from the dead from her deity and becomes this like crazy like disease monster. And that was, I, I just it was mm-hmm. really cool to have a boss fight die and then it's like the second form. I was like, yeah, it was like yeah. also wasn't that like a boss fight gone wrong too? Like what I think Ronnie was like the only one standing at some point just shooting and oh, really? just like running away. Yeah. I I, really I, yeah, it was we were it in a lot rough. of dangerous positions, I think. Yeah. Oh. Well, because we because the the path to that boss was really hard. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Deep I remember back. that. Gosh, that chapter was so cool, though. I yeah, loved was, that chapter. Bloodville was chapter great. Was super cool. Mm-hmm. And so it ended with you guys getting like crowned like heroes, saving everyone, and then you kind of knew the queen had something to do with it, but you didn't have any proof. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. every you're under the superstition that like the queen is evil, but we don't we can't do anything about it. There's too many politics. She has too much power. And then we're heading two, into full spoiler territory now. Yeah, yes, yeah. we are riding fully into spoiler territory. Yeah, I would say like we've we've we're yeah. 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 We've crossed the threshold. So book three starts with Crusader Croft being like, Hey, the guard's pretty much done. You guys need to get out of town because I've heard from Vincarlo that you're like next. And also at this point they've blown the bridge, which was shown in Aaron's backstory, where they blow off the bridge that like connects to uh Old old Corvosa, the poor side of town, and, and that the was thing also connect- more ravaged by Blade yeah Mail. yeah um, oh yeah and, and so there's only one bridge in and out and it's like heavily fortified and so you guys go through the sewers with some were rats you made friends with on one of your jobs you go over lovely people and then there's like I'm gonna speed through this part but there's like you, there was like this whole like and you get to old Corvosa and it's like basically run by this like mob dude who's like king he's king of old corvosa and he's really gross and sleazy mm-hmm. and has people fighting like blood games and it's called like it's like football but with a pig murder what was ball it called? blood blood ball is that what 
Oh, that was murder, murder, murder ball. ball. Murder ball. Murder ball. Okay. Murder ball. And then you yeah. played with like a pig. And, you, and we played yeah. with, just, with our wait, friend. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, what was her name? Um, yeah, you met her. Um, shoot, dude, that sucks. Laori? Laori. Laori. Yeah. She's yeah. a big player. She like befriends you guys as, hey, I'm looking for this artist. And then he's being captured. So you find the artist and he's mm-hmm. like. She's a follower of Zonkathon, by the way. Yeah, the, the god of torture. Yeah. And so she's yeah. like, oh, I need this guy. And you you look at all his paintings and the artist is kind of crazy. And all of his paintings are like blue, like blue stuff. And then one of them's like a big evil blue dragon. And you're like, mm-hmm. whoa. And so then you go to the like Akosa family, which I'm saying that wrong. I know there's something. It's it's something. Yeah, yeah so you, it's very close to that. You're invited in. This is a really fun part. You're invited in this mansion. He's showing you all around. And then... I believe he says he's saying something about like you make friends with the guy in charge and he's like, here, go down. And I'm going to try and like get rid of my sister. It's like a power move. She like lives in the bottom floors and you guys go down there. You find Vin Carlo who's been. Oh, that's right. Vin Carlo's shop was burned to the ground. Mm-hmm. And he's missing. He's missing. And then you. Um, yeah, you basically find him in the in the prison cells down there and you bring him back up. And then it was actually the polymorphed version of his sister who tricked you into thinking she was Vincarlo. It was a big boss fight where Fr- Frixos almost got one shot by the boss. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, it was and dirty. he got and he made the fullest use of his rod of wonder. That's Gosh, right. I yes. loved that item. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, uh, I think, did it twice. I don't one. I don't remember what happened the first time he used it, but that time he summoned an elephant, and that elephant actually came in like pretty clutch. Yes, it was it was nutty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wait, Chance, did you mention before we got here? Did you mention Ashani? No, yeah, I need to mention uh, Ashani oh, yeah. helped you guys out in the Blood Veil. He was a cleric of uh, Abadar, the like the money god who was featured in a cold open, the the Golden Gates, like it was like a bank temple, and so he like worked for like the money god, but he was like actually a pretty benevolent kind of cleric who was like helping people even though they didn't have money. And you guys had made friends with him. He got you into the bank and you guys had found out like more and more about like the blood veil stuff because of him. Um, yeah, he was also, before we went and bought this lady, um, mm-hmm. rewind shortly back to when the guy's showing off his house and stuff. Yeah. Mordrick bets his gun. <laughs> yeah, I did. Which his father made. And there's yeah. like... The guns aren't like a thing, really. I mean, like they're just beginning to be created. This is like one of the only ones. And he decides to bet it on like a shooting match and like literally almost loses it. Yeah, you mm-hmm. almost lost your gun. I, I remember it was like a double I, or nothing rolled, type of thing to yeah. get it back. Yeah. So essentially what happened is I, I rolled the first roll because um, I mean, it's like I'm the only gunslinger yeah, for 100 miles. So like, who's going to shoot better than me? And he was like, kind of trash talking. So I was like, sure, like, whatever. I'll take you up on your challenge. And I remember I rolled really poorly on the first check. It was like shooting like a a very small target, like a hundred feet away or something like that. And then obviously he's like a couple levels higher than us because he's later to find out what are the bosses we have to fight. So he like aces it easy. And then the next shot, I roll like a 33 or something stupid Mm -hmm. on my like check. And Chance gets like a 31 or something. And he like tells us this after. 
And essentially, like, if I hadn't have, like, almost naturally created, we would have had to, like, kill him to get my gun back. Yeah. Which is just crazy. Which, I mean, like, if you lost it, you were going to fight him anyway, so. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we just would have been fighting uh, two of us at our full power and one of us throwing rocks, I guess. Or yeah. shooting a crossbow. Yeah. I don't know. Something. <laughs> yeah. Mordrick also did a lot of the party's damage. Sustained Jeez. damage, that is. So, so that much a really damage. rough fight. Well, I'll try and wrap it all up uh, as best mm. I can. We're only like halfway through the story, but yeah. essentially you guys fought this guy, cleared the mansion, and, and they were actually evil. They uh, they were uh, Rakashas, I believe, which is are like evil, like um, anthropomorphic uh, humanoids. And uh, they were actually super tied to the Cerulean Guild and evil doings. And they, I think, I believe they would eat their own like servants and stuff. Pretty crazy stuff. And then the coolest, one of the coolest things is you got, you broke into their vault, which had like layers and layers of like magic protection. And you got in and you're like, oh, what's all this treasure? That's like, what do they have? Like, what's their big thing? And it was just like a bunch of notes and papers. And they just had no actual wealth. They just had like dirt on everybody. So that was really cool. Yeah. And one of their letters was they like paid for the assassination of uh, Mordric's dad which is why he was so interested in the gun in the first place was because he wanted the power of guns and Mordic's dad wouldn't sell it to him. So he paid for the assassination of it. So then um, Mordric found that out. And then I believe you guys, you guys escaped the city through this like canal through their, uh, their secret passageway into the river. And you like fled the city and he was really sad because it's like the whole book you've been in the city and now you're like having to like, you are heroes at one point, and now you're like not allowed to be back. And so you left. Very emotional moment. You met up with Vincarlo, who had snuck out of the city. Oh no, but you rescued Vincarlo, so he was with you. Mm -hmm. He said, "Hey, come, come to this ranch where my friend is," Before and that's where you also the, dropped the Blackbird Ranch. Yeah, Blackbird Ranch, which is where you dropped off Trinia, the girl who mm -hmm. you had rescued from execution. Who Frixos was in with. Yeah, Frixos and her were like kind of a thing. Sparking. They were sparking. <laughs> and I believe she went with you guys. Or no, not yet. Um, but essentially you oh, you found out like the queen. Yeah, you you found out the queen had like her crown was like. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. That yeah. was before this. She literally showed us all it well not showed oh, us yeah, but she in that big in stunt forehead it was supposed yeah. to it was like a celebration thing of us but more than that it was like a showing of power yeah. she like had this big thing and was celebrating us these three heroes that saved everyone from the plague but it was like more her showing that like these are the people in power now like me this right. person sitting next to me and the person sitting next to me and then the guy who was the central, which was probably the only check or check and balance to yeah, the, he, exactly. the, the the king slash queen, whoever was in power, mm. uh, like tried to try to kill her because she was going crazy. And yep, we were yeah. like, oh my word, it's going down. It hits her in the temple. Yeah. Yeah. No, the like, crossbow well, bolt yeah, in the it goes yeah. into yeah, it goes in her temple. And she's just like turns at him and plucks it out and it's like you ain't got nothing on me, bro. And then the shoe's like, lock him up. And we're all like, yeah. what in the world? And she's wearing this we're crown, giving so, all these powers. Yeah. So then we got to go figure out this crown. So yeah, then there was no political power to stop her or like a physical one. And mm -hmm. so then you find out that like her crown is like actually this like 
ancient artifact from like a dragon and that the only way to stop it is by this like well the only the only way to stop it is is a secret from the shiwanti which are the native american based people to the north who Mm -hmm. are very similar to like game of thrones like the people beyond the wall um Mm -hmm. they're very like nomadic and like that and like they're like there's always been a feud between Corvosa and the Shawanti, and it's like if you cross like city borders, like they'll come raid you and kill you, and the like wildlings. And so, quite possibly my favorite book is coming. Yeah. yeah. So then, so cool. then the fourth book, you guys go to like the Bone Tribe, which you've already um, the the pacing in the adventure is really good because you already bone like tribe interacted with like the Bone Tribe, and you meet. Um, Crojun eats what he kills, who's from the Sun Tribe, <sighs> who basically like shows up Duras in the strength test, and it was his game. Re- really, the whole the whole book, uh, to put it shortly, is like a series of like trials you do to gain like influence points to like impress the Sun Tribe. And the book ends with you guys finally in their tribe, and um, you find they kind of like. Okay, well, like we treat you as equals. Uh, we'll tell us, we'll tell you what we know, and then like all of the assassins, the ones that were after Mordric's dad, show up out of the like sand, and they all start attacking him. They're the Red Mantis Guild, and so you guys, which you, which is I, not the first time we had encountered Red Mantis, so right? Close. Yes, and now but you do, know that the I Red Mantis is after out, you. I do want to point out that this the. Um, the arc with the Sun Tribe was the arc of the story that we told earlier about Jackson's character, Duris, flying into the worm yeah. um, and cutting his way out. So just so like if you ever heard that story, this that's where that piece goes. Right. Just when we were trying to gather respect. Yeah. And so it ended with you guys saving their village from these assassins. One of them like teleports away. Like the leader of them like survives, teleports away. And then um yeah, you guys, uh, they basically give you a prophecy and they say like the only thing that could, oh yeah. And you find out the artifact from her crown is actually the teeth of this ancient dragon. And, Midnight's teeth. And uh, Kazavan, who was this absolutely horrible, he was a human, but he was, he was a dragon that had a human form. And he was um, basically a country was like about to be destroyed by orcs. The guy, um, Prayed and prayed to Zonkathon. I think it was Nadal. The this the the nation of Nadal who served Zonkathon. They're all kind of gray skin, kind of Transylvania kind of people. And they prayed to Zonkathon. Zonkathon gave them Kazavon, who's like, this is my like, this is a um a tenant of my power, this dragon. And so they used Kazavon to like take back all the land that they were losing and then eventually he's like okay i helped you win this war against these orcs i want this castle and they're like okay fine 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 and then after time he just got more and more powerful and then eventually the king came to him like hey we've been hearing we've been hearing like you're like torturing and like murdering all of our messengers that like we send you and then he straight up like flays the king alive and he's like no one can like stand against me and so the only thing that stopped him from like essentially like ruling the world at that point was um, this group of heroes who came and had a holy sword of Iomide or Yomidai, and she and, and the, the hero slew Kazavan with the sword named um, shoot, what's the sword name? Zorinthiol. Yeah, mm-hmm. Zorinthiol. Yeah, and then killed Kazavan, but then he ended up dying, 
and then no one knew where the sword went. And so you go to the castle where this bad warlord dragon dude was, and you basically the whole book five is a giant dungeon crawl, tons of monsters, like a dragon, like an orc barbarian, like a giant plant monster, uh, banshee, ghost, ghost boss, who was really cool. He's like a Some chain oozes. ghost boss. Giant yeah. prawn plant like monster. Yeah. Yeah, you fight, well. fight your way all the way down, and then eventually you fight the you you. There's like the little island in the middle. It's like very like a golem island in this dungeon deep below the castle. There's this giant like disease monster um, who's guarding this um, like a very uh, what's it called uh, uh, Dark Souls monster. Yeah, I came up it. out of the water. That yeah. was like yeah, yeah. And then and then um, uh, Duras took Zerinthial. One, because he's a fighter, and two, because Urus at this point. Oh, yeah, you got super obsessed with Desna, mm-hmm. and you were looking for redemption. You're like, I want to be a paladin of Desna. Well, and, and I think then, I spoke to Desna possibly in a dream, yeah. and I was yeah. like, yeah. give me a sign if I'm to be like a paladin. Yeah. And I, I think, it, I th- yeah, it was a giant astral butterfly. It was Desna, right. and like this, and she like landed on my nose. Yeah. And I was like, and, it's meant to be. I'm supposed to be a paladin. <laughs> and so you you got the sword. And the funny thing is the sword was an intelligent being and had a voice and would talk to you and everything. And the sword was like actually pissed that it was you because the whole time there was a prophecy that the sword would be reclaimed again. And the hero from the prophecy that the sword had known was actually Alvaron, the already paladin of Iomade from our other campaign with our friends Titan Trev, mm-hmm. who's who is the king of Corvosa you've seen in the finale. Um and we did a cinematic where it shows like Ayamade choosing the champion and before her like light can hit Alvaron, Duras like steps in front of it. And so he's actually accidentally yeah. a prophesied <laughs> hero. And so the sword's like mad because he's not like paladin material. Mm-hmm. Um but you guys break out. Um but I spoke with her. And she said that yeah. I could be her holy champion. So. Yeah, you guys made up. But in the beginning, there was like some, yeah, it was really some funny, funny bits. So then you guys head back to the city. Uh, you break out the guy that tried to assassinate the queen. You break him out of jail. Uh, you break out uh, Frixos's brother <laughs> because apparently yeah. uh, Frixos is actually the a noble line of sea elves uh, from a tribe like in the Gulf of Corvosa. And uh, they come looking for him, and uh, they captured your mom. And but you found your brother who gave you your like spirit totem that all mm-hmm. of the nobles have, which was a dragon. It's a literal. Yeah, dragon. well, it was like an so amulet cool. that had like the this like spirit of a dragon. I think inside of it was how it worked. Right. And and so uh, Frixos also got like a little, um, basically like a familiar. Uh, that was a pseudo dragon, uh, which was a uh, reference to something that happened. Wait, Frixos had the opportunity yeah. to try and save this little pseudo dragon, like right at the beginning of the campaign uh, from the and, spider and, and couldn't take it. And it like ate him up inside. And yeah. so he got this like other pseudo anyway, but it, it took that form and it hung out in his, he like, uh, wore this scarf and that pseudo dragon like hung out in his scarf all the time, but it could turn mm-hmm. in like once a day, it could turn into a real full size dragon. And it was sick. Yeah. So also cool. We, was this whenever we went and saw, we, we like saw Mordrick's dad one last time too? Oh, shoot. We, yeah. So that was before Scarwall, the castle dungeon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, 
you did rescue rescue some people. Um, you the dark the red mantis chick that ran away. You found her, and basically kind of spoke with her. Like why are like why are you after us? What do you know about my father? Like I know you came to kill him, and she's like, he's not dead. We never killed him. He got away. <gasps> and then you're like, what? And she's like, we've tracked him. We've tracked him down to Riddleport, but we don't know where he is. So then you guys teleport to Riddleport with a VS scroll. And that was before we knew that you actually had to visit the place before you could teleport there. So Whoop. <laughs> um, it was really but, fun this way, though. Yeah, no, it was fun. Just be like, oh, you unlock fifth level spell. I can go anywhere in the world. Teleport. Um, so you guys go to Riddleport and then um, you're looking for him at this bar named the Golden Goblin, uh, which I believe is a tavern from another AP. And he's you go in a back room and you see this like Ronnie, you you can describe him. His name was Dante. Yeah, his name was Dante. So Mordor's father is also black and he's dope as hell. Um and I we went to a we went to a back room, right? Of some yeah, sort. Yeah, they were gambling. Yes, they were gambling, and we, we went back to see him and essentially like we find Dante and like as soon as we find him a bunch of assassins just jump out, right? Yeah, and and he essentially like pulls out these two one. like well, this one sick ass revolver, and Chance describes it as like time slows down as like Dante like just takes out like all eight <laughs> assassins in like at once, mm-hmm. and he just stands there in front of us, and I get to yeah. kind of make peace with my father, but come to find that. Mordrick was also actually of a royal bloodline. Well, woo, we're the main characters. Wow, we get to do whatever the hell we want. But um, his bloodline is actually uh, from from the abyss. His mother is actually like the demigod queen of the abyss, and he's the prince. One of them. There's like nine yes. devils or nine demons of the abyss, and she's she's like the lust one, and she's like I mean, there's seven, and she's like the very first succubi ever to like mm-hmm. become one. Ever to suck. Yeah. The first succubi to ever suck. Yeah. Yes. Um, but also, I don't know if you remember, but like Dante actually had celestial blood in him because he was a, he was actually created as a like android. Like, like, oh, he was, yeah. He was yeah. crafted and then by the goddess of, I think her name was uh, like Burr or something like that. It's, it's like YR something. And she like breathed like life into him. And so he's actually not like human. He's just like an android. Like he is human yeah. consciousness. He's super old too, right? Yeah. He's yeah. like, he's like he's a been thousand years ages. old. Yeah. yeah. And that's why he's had so much time. He was able to figure out how to create guns. And, um, he fell in love with a woman and, uh, actually had a, had a, or no, no, no. Yeah. He, he fell in love with a woman and something bad happened to her. She was taken by cultists who worshipped the, the like, um, the succubi goddess. And then um, the succubi goddess said, like, I can bring your like love back to life. But seeing how he was, she's like, I want to like bear a child with you because of like. I would own that, like like how powerful you would, would own the child. Yeah, would a the powerful demon child. and a celestial be? And so Mordric was that Plus, child. Plus, I'm a succubi. And then I believe he stole you away and hid you from her. And so she's been looking for you all this time. And because 
she knew where Dante was, but she didn't know where you were. So that's why he had to run away from you. Because if he ever found you, if, if he ever found you, then she would find she you. She would find so, you. So he casts, like immediately when he sees you, he kills his dudes, casts a spell for 24 hours to like hide his whereabouts. And then he's like, I, I love you, but I have to go. And then he leaves and there's like a cinematic, you like scry on him. And she like comes for him and is like super pissed that like she almost found Mordric, but like he escaped again. And so she like kills him and then traps his soul in a soul gem. And so he can never, never go to the afterlife. Yeah. So, so now Dante is stuck in this soul gem around her neck. And she's like, she's like, like my son will come, will come to me because he's going to come after you now that he knows you're alive. Yeah, it's it's insane, and he had uh, so Dante had crafted these two incredible pistols, essentially one with the power of good and one with the power of evil. Essentially, he gave both of them. Well, he gave one of them to Mordrake. <laughs> There's another story about where the other pistol is a little bit later, mm-hmm. um, and he never really gets it back. Uh, but um, in the end, he did. He, it, he, yeah, in the end, he did. But for the actual campaign, he didn't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so. Mordrick just has his father's gun and he becomes a mythic hero and his goal is to find and slay his mother after the end of the campaign. But we have yeah. we have a long way to get there. So essentially all that to say, you guys break them out of prison. There's a revolution happening. You finally gotten the sword. You're back in the city. Revolution's happening tomorrow. Frixos Me becomes with- Blackjack. Frixos. Oh, my that God. That happened. Yeah. Yeah. Vincarlo was actually Blackjack the whole yeah. time. Right, uh, and then Vincarlo's yeah. super old and was like, I'm going to pass this down to you. Some so now Frixos is Blackjack. Mm-hmm. And then you guys, it basically, the last chapter cool is this big revolution full of boss fights. You fight, like, you fight um, Frixos. There's, like, another, like, an Nega, Nega Blackjack that you fight in the streets. Then oh, the like, fight was so cool. Then there's a Gosh. big dr- dragon with uh, the head of the Great Maidens flying it, and you defeat oh, that. When mm-hmm. we were when we were like breaking people out of the cells and stuff, we did find how she was indoctrinating Great Maidens, yeah. which was like a whole part of like yeah. she had made this brain militia, and they were all just like young normal girls being taken and brainwashed. Yeah. They were, well, really she sad. would she would specifically take beautiful girls, and then she would like cut up their faces and that's why they all wore like gray masks because mm-hmm. like she like scarred them through torture and brainwashing some top tier fucked up shit some so anyways you kill the dragon and then the head the head of the gray maidens who was actually because she was like the first she was never brainwashed so she's like it's all fucked up the queen is evil which she was actually in a an affair with the queen like they had a romantic relationship oh, what was her name uh, Sabina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Sabina and Growl. Poor Growl. And then, Poor yeah. and then Sab- Sabina and Growl, when their youth, trained under Vincarlo, and he was wanting one of them to become Blackjack, but neither of them could, like, handle it. And so, mm-hmm. uh, so anyways, you redeem her, you charge the castle, you get to the castle, you fight your way through, you get to the throne room, you fight the queen and everybody, and then you kill her, and it's like a blood copy. And you find out she's actually super far away in this temple. Blood clone jutsu. And so (laughs) you run to the temple and uh, it's like this upside down pyramid thing. You climb up. And then essentially in the end, you guys fight the queen in this weird 
ancient temple, which there's like a giant. Oh, yeah. It's like ancient Thessalonian, which is like the that's like Varicia like, or was it Varicia is how we're supposed to say it. Varicia, Varicia, whatever. Weird. And so um, it's like this ancient thousand, two thousand year old thing. Um, and it's like if she can sacrifice, she took she took blood samples through blood veil and she has all the blood samples of pretty much everyone in the city and she can kill all of them at once and it will grant her like immortal life mm -hmm. and power. And then you fight her before she can do it. And then she like basically falls in the pool of blood. And then I believe she like transforms into a giant blood dragon. And then you kill the blood dragon. And then after that, well, it was like she, not even a full dragon. It was like yeah. a, it was like like the blood like had like blood formed mass. around her to protect her, and she yeah. was like yeah. changing. Like an egg. Yeah. Right, and then at the end, she like basically is like dying, and then like the crown itself takes over her body, and then actually like reincarnates Kazavan, like mm -hmm. the warlord, and you have to fight Kazavan, who is like a level twenty five like wizard dragon. Yeah, and then narrowly like came down to dice rolls, and uh, Duris killed him with the sword, and. Yeah, and so then we like wrapped up the campaign. You went back home, heroes. Um, oh yeah, and she, I, I forgot to mention, she ripped open a hole. Like she ripped open a gate or like opened a gate, like ninth level spell to the plane of, of hell. And like thousands yeah. of devils came in and you guys were oh, fighting yeah. them. Like the whole city was It was like, a pre-arranged deal too. It wasn't yeah. like they just started falling out. It was like, hey, devil, oh, yeah. she, I want you to she come made attack a deal. My... She made a deal with the devil saying like, I'm giving you the city. Like I hand over all these people. You can take over. Raise them. And mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, and then obviously the three heroes from our other campaign, which we'll recap later, also showed up and uh, Mordrick got his second gun from, from them. But that is the heroes. We are 15 minutes over, but that is the story pretty yeah. much of the big dogs. And oh, who played to win? Prologue. Play to win. Who played or to win? Epilogue. Um, you guys found a deck of many things and Mordrick drew a card. Oh, yeah. Which gave him an incurable disease similar to uh, what's it called? Leprosy. 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 And because he is an alchemist, he's able to like craft remove diseases to like stave it off every day but it's slowly killing him over time oh, and yeah. so so mordrick is like holsters his two guns and his like coat and is like i've got to go out and find a cure so mordrick is like leaving and then duris who had kind of a like a semi um romantic relationship with chrisita croft the town guard she's like hey like you should stay here and like hang your hat because you're like, you know, you should be done with adventuring and like, like not, not like retire, but like build the city back up with me and you'll like work with me on the guard. And then, um, but Duras had the sword and the sword's like, my purpose in life is to kill Kazavan. And this was only like one of seven artifacts. There's like six more out there and he could like come back through those artifacts. And so Duras has to weigh that. And there's a point with Leori who switched sides from Zon Kathan worship to Ayamade, and she's like, I'll take the sword if you don't go. And then Duras ultimately decides to go with Leori. And mm -hmm. the two of them are gonna go looking for these Cosmo artifacts. And I believe Mordric, Duras, and Leori leave the city together 
And then Frixos stays in the city with his romantic interest, Trinia, and he's like Blackjack. Mm -hmm. He's like is watching over the city. I have thought about this a lot about yeah. how he would because uh, the, there were there was the blackjack thing and then and then I thought Frixos would want to do like move on to a more like protecting the world kind of thing from these like magic artifacts and because his whole thing is like like anti magic and um and so I decided that he would do that for a few years uh, but would. Uh, after me, like four or five would have definitely passed it on. Yeah. And would have still stayed in Corvosa, like based out of there, but would go to dealing like very kind of Indiana Jones esque, like become like a trader of like magic goods and stuff. But really he's like looking for the really like he's looking for clues about the hidden stuff and then going off and finding the really dangerous things. Right. And so canonically, this happened in like four, four, seven, oh, eight. Mm -hmm. And in the universe, and we're currently in 4719. So, this adventure took place 11 years before our four characters met at the Wizard's Grace. So, it's been some time, and um, we have everyone's really still alive. Everyone's like, still alive. They yeah. it's not like eras have passed or anything, right? But there's still like so many loose ends, like Mordric's disease. Duras finding the other artifacts, uh, Mordric finding uh, his father and dealing with his mother who's looking for him, who's like the demon lord of the abyss. Mm -hmm. And then obviously like Frixos finding like more and more like dangerous artifacts, which yeah, Frixos actually had a run in and butted heads with Craig Lair, the wizard, who also is like, I think Frixos is like, I want to destroy magic artifacts. And Craig Lair's like, I want to lock them away, kind of like Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. And so, so they're anyways. kind of similar goals, but like rivals a little bit. So we have no. a little bit of a MC, <laughs> MCU, like uh, like <laughs> level of like high powered superheroes, but they're all kind of scattered doing their own thing. So, anyways, now you kind of know what we're talking about, and this is a really long pre pod, almost a mm -hmm. whole episode. But yeah, uh, hopefully this helps you guys figure out uh, a little bit more about the big dogs. And maybe, I don't know, we'll see if they ever show up in the Mwangi or Isker or whatever, so. Yeah. Yeah, if they show up right now, they would kind of just destroy everything, though, because I'm pretty sure Mordric can kill anything with just one round of attacks, so yeah. I don't know. No, yeah, I mean, like, like <laughs> when like it was all said and done, I think Frixos could do, like, yeah. 600 damage in a round, and then that still wasn't nearly what Mordric can do. <laughs> I think I think if Mordric crit, he could deal like nearly a thousand. Yeah, something yeah. insane. It, it actually, actual absurd amount of absurd amounts of damage. Right. All right. Well, I think it's time to play a little D and D. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Let's play. <laughs> it's a pizza time. It's, it's a pizza. It's a pizza, pizza time. D &D time. <laughs> <laughs>